Simpson, oh, to be saved from myself, O Lord. Oh, that it may be no more I, but Christ that lives in me. Let's just sing this first verse in chorus one more time. Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus Christ. We are discovering that He is our life. He is our joy and love and peace. As we go through the door in this, into this new year, we are more firmly convinced that this year is a year of great importance. We pray that all the things in your heart, all your great purposes, may step fuller to fulfillment in this coming year. We sanctify ourselves at the beginning of this year. That it may be all of Christ. That He may have the glory. We pray even as we study and share together the Word of God. That this living Word would bring us to Jesus. We commit this time now into your hands. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Our brothers have felt that we should be uh, thinking on this great theme of laying hold. Let's look at the two passages of Scripture that contain this thought. The first is found in Philippians chapter 3, beginning verse 12. Philippians chapter 3, beginning verse 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Now, what, what does the Mandarin actually translate lay hold? How does it say it? Uh, it says to, to lay hold of what, uh, why Jesus Christ would lay hold of me. Ah. 
Mandarin's very good. <laughs> you see that lay hold, huh? Now then we have a second portion in Ephesians chapter 3. And it's talking about the church all together. Laying hold. But let's go back a few verses, back to chapter 3, verse 14. And we'll come to the portion that we're talking about. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. That he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to, and the word there is the same word as back in Philippians, actually take hold with all the saints. What is the breadth? and length, and height, and depth. So as we live together as the body of Christ, we have tremendous opportunity. Whatever our own personal limited capacity is to lay hold of the things of God, our lives are greatly blessed because we meet with other brothers and sisters and by our life together we're able to lay hold of so much more even the length and breadth and height and depth so this is an, our wonderful life in the body of Christ. May every time somebody prays, may we see a little bit more. Or as we sing with our hearts the hymns of worship. May we see the Lord. There's a tremendous laying hold we have yet to do. And I think in eternity we will continue to lay hold of all that we have been laid hold upon. Now, this is my first message on this topic. And so I'd like to begin with a simple illustration of this taking hold from the Old Testament. The illustration comes from the life of Jacob. Now he's your favorite person in the Old Testament. Because he's who you're like. Maybe you don't think so. So today I have to convince you you're a Jacob. 
Let's turn to Genesis chapter 32. We'll just look a little bit of his story. And we'll come right to the moment in Genesis 32 in verse 24. When Jacob lays hold. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he had not prevailed against Jacob, he touched the socket of his thigh. So the socket of Jacob's thigh was dislocated while he wrestled with him. Then the man said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So the wrestler said, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but Israel, for you have wrestled with God and with men. And have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him and said, Please tell me your name. That he said, Now why are you asking my name? And he blessed him there. So Jacob named the place Paniel, for he said, I have seen the face of God. And my life has been preserved. Now there's many ways that Christians gauge their life. How much have we progressed in our Christian life? Some people say, how rich are you in the Word of God? That's one gauge. Others say, How full are you of the Holy Spirit? That's another way. Some say, How deeply have you known the work of the cross? This is another gauge. Or, how much of the Christ life lives in you? Or one more, do others see Jesus in you? Now this is, these are all ways that people gauge how far they are progressing. But our theme is yet another way. Have you laid hold 
That's the question. It marks our spiritual development. Now, just to be clear, let's change the question and put it in terms that we would usually say. Now we know that everyone who is saved has received salvation by the grace of God. Even as our brother introduced the table this morning, he shared with us this wonderful passage, For by grace you have been saved by faith. And this is not by your own works. So nobody can boast. We are saved by grace. And when we come at that moment of salvation, we can't do anything except receive the grace of God that He has given to us. And then by grace, we begin to receive as Paul calls it, every spiritual blessing in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. So many blessings freely given to us by grace. This is a wonderful time in our life. We realize we cannot be saved by our religious works. I remember when I was a sinner. I was a college student. And sometimes it was obvious I was a sinner. And when I really did bad things, I would try to do something to cover it up or make up for it. That was my kind of religion. Now I wouldn't ask forgiveness. No, I never do that. But maybe I'll go to church one time. That usually takes care of most of my problems. Or maybe I'll try to do better. And I say to myself, you got to do better. You can't be such a sinner. Maybe just cut back on your sin a little bit. This is the kind of religion that I live. Then I heard the true gospel. And I couldn't save myself by cutting back. Or going to church. And so when a brother said to me, You must receive Jesus Christ. Immediately I objected. Why? Because my religion stood in the way. And what was my religion? I gotta do something to be saved. I just can't be saved. There must be something I have to do. And they said, No, there's nothing you can do. So I was stuck. Until one night I went to a gospel meeting. I was twenty years old. And the man preached the, uh, uh, the gospel message. He said, Stop trying. I said, Oh, that, 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 he's talking to me. <laughs> and then he said, 
I have a word for you. 他说我有一句话对你. Surrender. 就是要降服. Surrender to God. 要降服神. That's the night I got saved. 那就是我得救的那个晚上. 55 years ago. 是55年前. I surrendered. 我降服了. And so my life began anew. 所以我的生命重新开始. Now when I got saved, I was happy to be saved. 当我得救的时候, now I felt now I, I'm saved, now I need to act saved. 我想，既然我得救了，我应该生活起来像是得救的。So I did what everybody else in my church did.所以我就做我别的教会里面的人做的事。I was a good Christian, so I went to church once a week.所以我是一个好基督徒，每个礼拜天都去教会。Now that's all you need once a week. If you go too much, you get too religious. There's no good.你只需要去一次，你如果去太多次的话，你就太宗教。When the but when the people sang, I sang. 当当人当别人唱诗的时候，我也唱。And even as a Christian, I started to pray sometimes.啊，做一个基督徒，甚至我还会有时候祷告。I was getting very religious.哦，我好像变得很宗教化。But you see, I came to this place where I was doing things.我来到这个地方，好像在做一些事。I was receiving His grace.我接受了他的恩典。But I really hadn't really laid hold yet.可是我其实还没有真正的得着。there's many Christians like that. They love the Lord. But when they hear Paul say this, I stretch forth. I'm running a race. If I may lay hold of that. And of course, my question is, what's that? What am I supposed to lay hold of? What is this that? Do you have that word in Mandarin, the that? <laughs> I mean, what are you just supposed to lay hold of something? I don't know, a piece of heaven up there? I don't know, what do you lay hold of? What's Paul talking about? I, I wasn't quite sure what he was talking about. I was able to imitate other Christians. But somehow my faith wasn't really that personal to me in a certain way. So I had received grace. But you know grace is bigger than just receiving grace. There comes a time where we've received so much grace, we have to respond to grace. 有你會到一個階段,就是你領受了這麼許多的恩典,你需要回應他。It's like John said in one of his letters.就像約翰他在他書信裡面講,I love God.我愛神。because he first loved me. Now I received that grace. It was so wonderful. He loved me so much. Finally I said I have to respond. There's something I have to do. Ah, now I'm getting closer to laying hold of that mysterious thing out there. Never mind. Yeah, so now... I want to use Jacob. I'm going to share twice. In a couple of weeks, I'll share again. Because there's two aspects to this laying hold of that. And they're both wonderfully illustrated in Jacob's life. Okay, now how many of you are like Jacob? 
Amy raises her hand. Very good, Amy. So far we have one. Now the rest of you still need to get saved. I know, you think you're more like Abraham. You've been an awfully good father, faithful to God. Or how about that goody boy, Isaac? Such a good boy, he never does anything wrong. Now I'm not talking about the Isaac in our fellowship. But maybe you want to be an Isaac, but Jacob? Ah, well, let's look at his story a little bit. Jacob's name was the guy who lays hold. He was born to lay hold. And why did they call him Jacob? Now, in Hebrew, Yaakov, Yaakov actually comes from the word heel, the heel on your foot. Now, you know why, right? Jacob was a twin. But his older brother Esau came out of the womb first. But when Jacob came out, he was laying old. He had Esau's heel. And so they looked at him and they laughed. They said, Ah, his name is Yaakov. So Yaakov means a twister. He twists your leg. He's tricky. In English, they say a supplanter. It means he swaps himself for you. And he's the first one in the Bible who was accused of identity theft. I can see it's never happened to you. Uh, but anyway, I just call him Jacob the Grabber. Now, how would you like it if parents, parents name people like that today? You know, if I was born, my mom looked at me and said, Oh, hey, fat boy. <laughs> but back in those days, they named somebody by the way they looked. Something about them. You know? So you know, so his brother Esau, you know what Esau means? Well, it doesn't really mean red. Esau actually means rough. Because he came out already hairy. So notice how, remember, you read the Bible closely, it says Esau was rough, Jacob was smooth. So anyway, this is how Jacob was named. Now, so are you a grabber? Now, there's only four ways people get ahead in life. Number one, they get an inheritance. Now, how many of you want an inheritance? You get ahead when you get a million dollars. 
The second way is you work real, real hard. Right? That's one way. Number three, you get lucky. You win the lottery. It's the third way. Or the fourth way. It's because you're Jacob. That's how you got ahead. Because you grab things. Now Jacob would never say he grabbed things. What did, what did he do? He just, we have a phrase in English. He seized the opportunity. I didn't do anything wrong. I just took the opportunity. This was the life of Jacob. Now I have to revise Jacob's life a little bit because many of you have listened to too many preachers. And you believe that Jacob was a bad guy. Abraham, good. Isaac, how? Jacob, bad. That's because preachers have told you that. Now I want you to find in the Bible some place where uh, Jacob did something bad. When he went, when every week Jacob would go down to Chinatown uh, and have some dim sum with all the businessmen. He was a wheeler dealer. He was a hardworking man. But you think he was like a real sinner. Well, he was a real sinner, but it's much more subtle than we think. Now, let me explain. Number one. Oh, Jacob was bad because he stole his brother's birthright. You know, you know that story. Right? The Bible doesn't say that. But preachers tell the story like this. Jacob saw Esau coming. So he took some bone soup out of the freezer and, and heated it up in the microwave. And then he saw Esau coming, so he blew a fan out that way. So the smell would come into Esau's nose. And Esau would give up his birthright for the best soup he ever tasted in his life. That's not what happened. It says Jacob was making soup. He didn't have any plans for the soup except to eat it. The Bible says Esau despised his birthright. And so when Esau says, Hey, give me some of that give me some of that chicken soup. All Jacob did was seize the opportunity. I'll trade you. Give me a birthright. You can have chicken soup. And the Bible's conclusion to that story is Esau despised his birthright. No blame on Jacob. 
He just grabbed the birthright. Oh, now, now, now we have a thing because Esau, then we have the blessing. So, so uh, Isaac has $10 million. And back in the old days, the oldest son gets $9 million and the youngest son gets $1 million. Now the blessing was also Isaac's prayer for Jacob. But a nine million dollar check helps. Esau says, Jacob stole my blessing. But the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say that. Because the reason is because Rebecca heard the prophecy that the older will serve the younger. Even if he gets confused, you keep the name straight. Now listen. Isaac, oh what a wonderful guy. That's what you think. Actually, he heard the prophecy too. But he still decided, I'm going to bless Esau. I'm going to bless Esau. Because he hunts. He believes in the Second Amendment. And he cooks barbecue beef. Now that's pretty stupid. God says one thing, but Isaac knows better. So Isaac said, Isa, go get me some deer, and then cook it up, and give it to me, and I'm going to give you a blessing. Ah, but Isaac didn't know that tricky Rebecca's hearing was very good. She said, just, uh, Jacob, just go out to the barn and get me some animal. I'll cook them up because Isaac can't taste anything anyway. And just go in and serve it and say you're Esau. So what did Jacob say? No, Mama, no. If my daddy finds out, he'll curse me. I don't, I don't want to do this. Mama says, now you listen to me. Mama Get the food and put on the, the skins. 
Jacob was scared to death. He went in there. And Isaac said, wait a minute, that sounds like Jacob. So he Isaac pulled Jacob over to him. And of course, the difference between Esau and Jacob was Esau never used deodorant. Uh, so his his clothes, they always stink. And when when daddy smelled the stink, say, Woo, this is I this is Esau. So the blessing. Jacob runs out of the room with a check for nine million dollars. And then in comes Esau. Now notice this is very important. When Isaac heard that he'd been tricked, it says he began to shake. He shook violently for two reasons. Number one. Because the youngest son had tricked him. But that's not what made him shake. What made him shake is he knew that God had tricked him. In the Hebrew, it's very clear. Isaac says, I have blessed Jacob, and he shall be blessed. What he's saying is God blessed Jacob in spite of me. I should have known. So we begin to understand that God sometimes plays tricks. Alright. So now through this whole thing, we see that Jacob, of course, was a grabber. He was a sinner. Grabbing is 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 a life of the flesh. Seizing whatever you want to seize. This was his very nature. But so far, in one sense, we can say Jacob didn't trick anybody. Now when is the first time he tricked somebody? Finally he did. But he tricked he tried to trick Laban. After Laban tricked him fourteen years. Jake was in love with Rachel. Worked seven years for Rachel. And got Leah. He was tricked. He had to work another seven years to get his real wife, Rachel. He was tricked by Laban for 14 years. And so finally Jacob said, I'm leaving. But his father in law said, Don't leave. I'll put you in the business. That's how a lot of father-in-law keeps their sons around. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob says, I don't want any of your sheep or goats. I tell you what, give me the striped and the spotted goats and sheep. 
所以你就把所有有斑点跟条纹的都给我，然后你就啊拿别的。所以他们把所有有斑点跟条纹的都给雅各，然后所有的黑的、羊白的羊都是归拉班。now Jacob played his first trick. And when the Bible tells us of the trick, you're supposed to laugh. When Moses wrote this story, he laughed. Here's the trick. Jacob took the brought the animals every day to the watering hole. But he put sticks in front of the water hole so when the sheep saw the sticks they would end up being striped. Now, you're not laughing. This is a great joke. Now, we all know that you don't get striped sheep by looking at a fence. It's ridiculous. This was Jacob's stupid trick. But you know what? God blessed Jacob. That's what the real thing was. It wasn't that Jacob was so sneaky, tricky, and every time a sheep went there and, and the sheep was pregnant and saw the stripes, suddenly the sheep down, down in the belly becomes a striped sheep. <laughs> 其实并不是说好像有一个羊吃饮水的时候，他看到那些枝子，他好像就生出来一些有斑点、条纹的。I hope you know that's not the way genetics works。我希望，我希望你知道这不是这个呃基因的的发展。It's God's great joke。这是神的一个大玩笑。God has a sense of humor。神真是有一个幽默感。And God laughed, oh, and God said, I'm going to bless him. I'll give him a whole bunch of striped sheep, spotted sheep, striped goats, spotted goats. I'll give him a blessing. 所以神就说我要祝福雅各，所以我要给他许许多多的有斑点、有条纹的羊。And so Jacob thought his plan really worked.所以雅各以为他的计划就成功了。So then he came to his second trick.所以他来到他第二个欺骗。What did he do?他做了什么呢？He took his wives and his kids and his sheep and he ran away.他带着他的妻子儿儿女，他就逃了。a few days later, Laban catches up to him. And Laban is mad. Why was Laban mad? Because Jacob, he thought, stole the household gods. And Jacob got mad. He said, you know, this is what happens all the time with a father-in-law. I have worked for you 20 years. You've changed my wages 10 times. I've worked out all alone in the cold night. I never stole anything from you. Now one thing about a grabber. 
Until he discovers he's a grabber, he thinks he's innocent all the time. I never did anything wrong to you, Laban. Ah, but there's another tricky one. His wife. Now watch out for your mama. Watch out for your wife. Tricky Rachel stole the gods. And so Jacob professed his innocence the whole time. And of course Laban went back home. Then the third trick. Now this was kind of a nasty trick. But you know what? You do what you have to do to survive, right? That's what everybody says. So when he saw he got the telegram, says Esau is coming with four hundred men. He says, Oh oh, I'm in trouble. Now he tries another trick. He sets out three flocks of animals and sends them toward Esau. And each of these flocks is a gift, you see. And he gift wraps the sheep and says, To Esau, the favorite brother in the whole world. Now when Esau saw then another group came, and then another group came of sheep and goats and camels and everything. Now here's the part that's kind of bad. Then he said, now, if Esau keeps coming after he's gotten all of these animals, well, I'll have to put Leah out next. He can see he has a little bit of Abraham's heritage who said, this is my sister about his wife. So he sends out Leah, not his favorite wife. And Leah's kids, not, not his favorite kids. And, but then behind them, then came Rachel and Joseph. And he decided, I better go along with them. And of course, he played this trick, he was sweating, he prayed all night. Now he tried, you know, I mean, he, he was so afraid what was going to happen. And of course, Esau came, and what did he do? He kissed him. And he wept. And he said, brother, I've already made $20 million. I don't need these. Besides, all your goats and sheep are all striped and spotted. Uh, you know, Jacob has such a life he had. Now, now why, why am I telling you this story? Because sin is a subtle thing. You see, Jacob was a grabber by nature. And we know, even when he claimed his innocence, he was still guilty. But it's so. He didn't he never thought he ever did anything wrong. I worked so hard. 
我这样子努力的工作。I was all alone. I took care of my family. My wives were always fighting. None of this is my fault. I am Mr. Nice Guy. And most brothers here, even Christians, you think you're Mr. Nice Guy. Now most of your sisters think I'm Ms. Nice Guy. <laughs> Can you believe this? After 20 years and all he went through, he still didn't know he was Jacob. No, I'm Mr. Nice Guy. So, and then even with that, when he moved to Shechem, even his sons were grabbers. And they killed all the men of the city. By playing a trick. See, his whole family is full of tricks. The whole family a bunch of grabbers. Jacob felt so bad. So here we are today. Now we're all Christians. Now Jacob was a believer, you know. But life lived in the flesh. Everything he did was grabbing. Today, people, Christians are like that. They think they're doing good, you know. But I'm cheating on my taxes, but I'm really good. Yeah, I'm stealing some stuff from the job, but it's okay. I'm making deals, but they're a little dishonest, but that's okay. I'm cheating on my visa. It's okay. You can't lay hold of that for which you were laid hold of until you confess this reality in your life. And Jacob's problem is really our problem too. Even though uh, we, we just don't have to try hard, we just take opportunities, but in the, in the end we are grabbing. So he was a grabber. He laid hold of things. But not the right things. The story of his life. He can't change. A leper can't change his spots. But God can change. Now how did God change Jacob. He grabbed him. God grabbed Jacob. Jacob would never change on his own. People think, oh, I'll be a good Christian someday, and then I'll come to God. No, no, One night when Jacob was all alone, God grabbed him and wrestled with him. And that's how he began to lay hold of that for which he was laid hold. 
Now you're a Christian. I want you to be honest. Has the Lord ever laid hold of you? I mean, taken you and wrestled with you. And shown you what you really like. Taken off the blinders and all our deception. By the time God got through wrestling with Jacob, he knew he was a sinner. You know, when he saw Pharaoh some years later, and he blessed Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, How is your life? He says, I've lived 130 evil, terrible years. Now he wasn't talking about God's blessing because God blessed him over and over and over again. But he saw what he'd been doing all his life. And he confessed this. Now listen. This is where it's a little tricky. Do you really love the Lord? Our dear brother Daniel shared a couple of weeks ago on this topic. And he talked about this uh, very important verse that has to do with this. Many are called, few are chosen. Now, I don't know if you were here and heard our brother share. <laughs> but he's, what's the difference between many who are called and a few who are chosen? Those who are chosen are those who take hold. We're all called to take hold. But Joseph, but Jacob was chosen because he grabbed hold. Now the Lord has blessed everybody here. He's blessed us. And every time you receive a blessing, you're coming closer, one step closer to God laying hold of you. And why? <coughs> Do you know what it means, the flesh? That means you're doing everything out of your own wits. But do you know what happens when you do that? It turns every blessing into a problem. Now Jacob had two wives. A long time ago, that was good news. Jacob tried to stay away from his wives as much as possible. He had a dozen sons. Such a blessing. They were always fighting with each other. Such a problem. Flesh turns blessings into bondage. Into problems. Into complications. The children of Israel came to, to Canaan land. And they had two mountains before them. The mountain of blessing. 
the mountain of curse. When you live by the flesh, you get the mountain of curse. All blessings turn to problems. You may have a million dollars, but you're so unhappy. That's because you're living by the flesh. Now the only way through it is this. You see, the Holy Spirit makes sure that you will not be happy with your grabbing. And he even brings other people into your life who are better grabbers than you are. Watch out. Behind that beautiful wife may be a tricky Rachel. Your wonderful business partner may be a crook. That great job you've just gotten may turn into slavery. The wonderful husband you married may become a tyrant. Now all these folks that God gives to us are a gift to us. Because they were a mirror to show us what we're like. Why did God give Jacob Laban for 20 years? Every day Jacob got up, looked in the mirror, and said, Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who am I looking at? Laban. Now God waits. Just like with Jacob. Blessed him, blessed him, blessed him, blessed him for 20 years. Until Jacob was so worn out with blessing, he didn't want any more blessing. And all he could say was, I just want to get out of here. God waits. But God wants to lay hold of you. Now, Here's the first lesson from the story of Jacob. Did you really think you could outgrab God? Do you really think you're smarter than him? Mm, Jacob did. Did you actually think that if God has a son, who's been born again through Jesus. Now, do you actually think God won't grab you and change you? If you are saved, I've got good news for you. You're on a collision course with the mighty hands of God. And when He grabs you, now it's his turn to start to change you. You fall into the potter's hands and he begins to move and shape you according to his will. Now, there's a deeper reason we are looking at this story. Now, why did God grab Jacob? Now the first reason we understand 
<laughs> he grabbed him to twist him, twisted his hip out of the joint. And in other words, he crippled his fleshly grabbing strength. Jacob's flesh was broken. You know, because as they as he wrestled all night long in the morning. The angel just twisted his leg right out of shape. 他摔跤了一个晚上, 然后早上呢, 天使就扭他. Now, and what happened to Jacob when that happened? 呃, Three things very important. Number one, he saw he did not have the strength to go on without help. 他看见他不能够, if our eyes were ever open, to see that we will not make it unless God is our helper and our strength. Now Jacob is crippled. He can't make it. He'll need a crutch the rest of his life. And his crutch's name is God. So what did Jacob do? He grabbed hold. He grabbed hold of God. And that's exactly what God wants us to do. When Paul says, I run in order that I may lay hold of that. That means two things. Lord willing, I'll talk about one of the next time. The most important thing is how blessed is the saint who grabs hold of God and won't let go. Now Jacob wasn't just saying, I won't let you go till you bless me. Spiritually, he said, I'll never let go of God. Because I can't make it unless I do. This is exactly what God wants. When Jacob said, I will not let go of you, it was music to God's ear. God has been waiting for this. And so, one more thing had to be brought out. What's your name? Now you remember, when, he, he, when Jacob stole the blessing, he said, My name is Esau. <laughs> now he said, My name is Twister. That means I'm, I'm not hiding anything. I realize what a sinner I am. God says, Now I'm changing your name. Oh, this is an amazing story. I'm changing your name to Israel. You're a prince of God. What does a prince of God look like? You hold on to God's leg all of your life. That's a prince. You have become strong. 
But there's something even deeper in this. And we see it when God changed his name. Now we have to go back to Jacob's earlier days. Because in Jacob's heart, there was a civil war. There was two sides fighting. And when we become Christians, there are two sides fighting. On the one hand, there's the grabber. He grabs everything. That's our nature. That's what we want to do. But on the other hand, Jacob, of all the sons, had a love for God. He wanted what God wants. When he heard Abraham tell the stories of God, Jacob said, I want to know that God. When Abraham talked about the blessings, not just the physical blessings, to be the head of the house, to be a man of great stature, a patriarch, and to bless other people. I want that. Esau didn't want that. So you know, so many times as Christians, we have a heart. We really love God. But our nature prevents us from really uh, laying hold of the reason we were born. And so this fight was going on. And the issue is this. Now this shows us the subtlety of the whole thing. Jacob was a man created in the image of God. And just like all of us, we all have a personality, it's very individual. Jacob by nature was a grabber. Jesus was a grabber. Paul was a grabber. But when somebody is created in the image of God, which means God is a grabber, I don't know if you're going to understand this. Do you realize God's a grabber? Now we would never use that name, grabber. Why? Because he grabs you to save you. Because he grabs you to bless you. Because he grabs you to heal you. Because he grabs you to answer his question. God grabs. But not with sin. Jesus was a grabber. I've come out here to seek and to save, to grab that which was lost. But he's a grabber without sin. He was a grabber without sin. But because we are fallen men, our identity, our personality has been twisted by sin. A grabber is meant to grab for God. But because we sin, we grab for ourselves. Somebody who is a lover is meant to love God and love other people, but because it's twisted, our love has been twisted, we love ourselves. 
我们本来是应当去爱神的，可是因为我们被罪扭曲了，所以我们变得爱自己。Yes, see, if you can take a grabber and untwist the grabbing, what does it become? A grabber who's been untwisted becomes a blesser. And what did Jacob become? A blesser. He grabbed Pharaoh's head and blessed him. The last picture we have of Jacob is of him blessing his two grandchildren. He became what he was always meant to be. A son of Abraham. Through you, I will bless the nations. And there is Jacob, this little guy with a staff. And there is big Pharaoh, one of the owners of a, a king of a great empire. But the greater blessed the lesser. And Jacob blessed Pharaoh. Pharaoh felt the blessing. You see, Jacob was meant to be a blesser. But his grabbing was twisted toward himself. Until God could deal with him. And this is us. God uh, has made us in a special way. But our personalities and our strengths have been twisted by the flesh. When God created man, he said, this is very good. But then man got twisted by sin. So, when we come to God, after we get saved, you know, we still live by the flesh. Now, Jacob... This, the picture of Jacob breaks down at this point spiritually. Because, because God grabbed Jacob, changed his name to Israel. But couldn't actually change his very nature. And why is that? Because only the power of the cross can, uh, can uh, uh, crucify the flesh. And create a new creation. There was, now there was Paul. In his flesh, he was a grabber. And he was grabbing Christians and throwing them in jail. And he thought he was right. But then God saved him. But then he still started grabbing people. Now as a Christian he starts grabbing Jews and preaching the gospel and he got into trouble and almost got killed. Because even as Christians we could still do stuff out of our own power 
Until we meet the living God in a wrestling match. And that's the power of the cross. And by the power of the cross, the Lord takes away that power, that strength that we have within. And we learn that what we need to do is grab God. How is your life going to be a beautiful life for the Lord? Only if you've been crucified with Christ. And the life you now live, you live by faith of the Son of God. There's a whole other resource within us as Christians. A life untwisted. As Paul calls it, a new man created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Only God can deal with us. But this is a wonderful story. This is a love story. Here's the love story. Please, make a movie out of it. God loves you so much that He grabs you and He won't let you go until you grab Him. And Jesus Christ will transform your life. And you'll begin to learn how to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Now my final question. How many of you are Jacobs? Yeah, well, I, I don't raise your hand because I know all of you would say <laughs> that's okay admit who you are before the Lord but the cross of Jesus Christ we can glory we can brag on the cross of Jesus Christ because he can transform us and bring us into that for which he laid hold of us now when God grabbed Jacob and Jacob grabbed God, that's not the end of the story. That's just the beginning. Stay tuned for part two. <laughs> two weeks. Let's just have some prayers before we leave today. that you have loved us unconditionally you have saved us and we also thank you Lord that through all that we Lord experiences that you allow us Lord it is to bring us to you Lord we thank you that you're the one Lord, who will not let us go Lord we thank you Lord that Lord, your persistent love Lord will just uh, cause us Lord to respond to you how you desire Lord that we would lay hold of you that we would be those we we'll hold fast unto you, even like Jacob, Lord, that through the struggle, through whatever situations, Lord, that, Lord, we will not let you go. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you want us to love you and to, Lord, know you and have such a, a relationship with you. Lord, you will not 
want us, Lord, just to, um, Lord, to receive things and have all the blessings, but most of all, Lord, to, Lord, to have you, Lord, to be the one that we hold fast to, Lord, that indeed we can say, Lord, we love you, Lord, we want to uh, hold fast, we want to grab you, oh, Lord, we pray, Lord, this, this will be the story of our lives, Lord, at the end of everything, Lord, it just reduces that, Lord, we will want you more than anything else. Dear Lord, we just thank you for all that you have done. But Lord, most of all, may our hearts, Lord, may we, Lord, just really love you and uh, uh, depend on you and hold fast unto you and desire you, Lord, more than anything else. Lord, we thank you for such love, for such a relationship, the great God who would create us after yourself. Thank you, Lord, in your precious name.主要天上天父我们得到的只有神的咒诅因为只有灵的光照只有被神紧紧的抓住我们也紧紧的抓住神时我们得到的才是神的一切祝福是一切的丰富和财富是脱离了肉体的一切的捆绑让我们紧紧的抓住神神